Take your Bible and go to the book of 1 Timothy this morning, 1 Timothy chapter 1. While you're turning to the book of 1 Timothy, we're going to read one verse of Scripture. We're still talking about the I Ams of Paul. We're going to get one here out of the book of 1 Timothy. And we may get some more out of Timothy. I don't know how long we'll stay on one. But for the last couple years or so, I've been preaching 15-minute messages on the book of 1 Timothy and putting them up on the internet. And uh, I've preached, uh, I'm, I've got 158 15-minute sermons on the first chapter. And I just started this week in chapter 1 and verse number 15. Matter of fact, I hadn't preached anything off of it yet. And I went down to verse number 15 and Begin to study on it. That's where I'm at today. And I, this is not the part I studied yesterday, but it's the part I studied earlier. And uh, this will be 159 when I start and get the next message out. I preached 157, 158 uh, on Thursday. And by this morning, I've done had uh, almost 100 on both of them, 97 on each one of those listened to since Thursday. And I praise God for it. So they're taking those, and I appreciate it. But I break them down a little bit different. To preach 158 messages or out of the first chapter and the first 14 verses, you're getting into a lot of detail. And I'm breaking down the words. So looking at this, if you will, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 15, there's four statements, and I do it by the punctuation. You know how I do that sometimes, and... And that's how I've t- taken this book of 1 Timothy. He's got four, four uh, if you will, four statements in that verse. This is a faithful saying. That's the first statement. You see a comma there. And then it said, and worthy of all acceptation. That's statement number two of that verse. Comma. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's a semicolon. That's the third statement. And then the fourth statement is uh, of whom I am chief. And that's who we want to talk about today. I am chief of sinners. That's what Paul is trying to say. I am chief of sinners. He's not the chief of the Indian tribe. He's the chief of the sinners. And uh, in other words, Paul is saying, I'm right up on top of the worst of the worst. And that's a good attitude for every child of God to have. But as I was studying this, I got to looking at it, and I thought, well, now I ought to be able to preach three or four messages off of this, 15-minute ones. And yesterday I started with the phrase, this is a faithful saying. And then I went back and broke it down. And I thought, well, now, what about these two words, this is? I looked up this is in my concordance, And it said it's mentioned 322 times. So I started looking at the first time it's mentioned, and it was statements that everybody needs to know. This is means that it's definite. This means that it is current. This is present, right? And this is means it's absolute when God says it. And for about six hours yesterday, I looked up the word, this is. 
Now, buddy, I'll tell you what, I got buried in it. I enjoyed it. It was good. And I thank God for it. And I'll be able to teach that on the Internet. But I pray that the Lord might help us. Now, we're going to look at the thought this morning that he said, of whom I am chief. Paul is talking about, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Now, that's not nothing to brag about, is it? Amen. Now, look at that. Uh, how many of you seen? How many of you seen in your modern days that I'm chief of sinners? Now, if you did, they wouldn't be a bragging. Now I don't believe he is bragging here either. He said, "I want to say, I know what God has done." He's went in there and said, "This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to do what? Save sinners. Save sinners." Paul said, "He come in the world to save me." Isn't that something to shout off of? Every one of us in your army rejoice right now that Christ Jesus came in the world to save you and me. He didn't want us to be in sin. He didn't want us to go to hell. He came for one specific purpose from glory. Left the Father's throne to come to this earth to bleed and die on Calvary and rise on the third day for our sins. Praise God. But Paul said, and when I look at this, of whom I'm chief. He's the chiefest of sinners. And he said, uh, in other words, he comes specifically to die for me. Now, I don't believe the Lord comes specifically to die for Paul, and I don't believe he meant that either. But when we are sinners and we're lost without God, we look at that and, and we put ourselves in it, and the Lord lets us know through the preaching of the Word of God and through the Spirit of God that we deserve to go to hell. And therefore, he came. And I guess we put ourselves at the top of the list to think, hey, he come for me. And you could argue the fact this morning, no, he came for me. And uh, nothing can argue with you that uh, they came for them. But I want to say Jesus came for all of us. <coughs> Excuse me. And I thank God for that. So I look at this, and so we want to look at it this morning. I am chief. Chief means he's the head. And then, uh, he, he's the one, he's at the top of the list. I'm not the, on the bottom of the, of the rung. Amen. We're living in a day when people think they're on the bottom of being a sinner. Amen. I mean, in other words, we're down here. We hadn't climbed to the top to be the most wicked and meanest and vilest. Amen. I mean, as I said, I don't even hear people uh, brag about being a sinner, period. I don't hear them even saying, hey, look, I'm a sinner. Uh, you have to just about prize that out of anybody. You say, have you been saved? Yes, sir, I've been saved. I was baptized back yonder when I was 14. And they'll talk about that. I joined the church over yonder. I've been a church member for years. And uh, they really want to go into no detail about when they confess their sin and call upon the Lord. We've got multitudes of people, and I see this all the time. I preach it all the time. I'm going to continue to preach it. If that rings a bell in your heart, and you said, I, I wish he'd, he'd, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a record. Uh, we're not in the days of the record, but you remember you ever get a record back yonder years ago that had a little scratch in it? Sometimes it'd come around, and it'd hit that, and it'd pop, and it'd, go, and it'd go right back and say it again, over and over. If you didn't tap that little tone arm over a little bit he'd just keep saying it well I got hung on that today when I'm talking about people being saved 
And I believe today people think they're saved when they're not saved. And that's a terrible place in life to be. Amen. There's a few times I wasn't sure I was saved. There's a few times in my life when uh, I thought I'd done right and even tried another time or two. Amen. And uh, even uh, I was even stretching it out with God. And I even asked him and tried to get him to show me. But I'll tell you, and he did. Thank God for that. But I want to say to you, we got to know for sure, but God settled me on that a long time ago. Amen. I don't know anything else I can do. There's nothing i done anyhow but just trusted God. But there's nothing I can do to save me. He's done save me. And when he, you said, how did it happen? When he baptized you? No, it happened when I went down the aisle that morning and said, oh, God save me. That's the number one ringing in my soul. Amen. I didn't get in the baptismal waters and then come up out and then say, Lord, save me. Amen. Been saved ever since. Well, I praise God for it. So now Paul, look in here. He said, I am chief of whom I am chief of all the world. I'm chief. I'm a chief of sinners. And uh, there I am. And so he put himself in the right place. Paul never done anything in his ministry to make you think that he was anything special. You understand that? You need to understand that today. He never let anybody think uh, or even implied to anybody that he was better than anybody else. That he, uh, you know, was a, a good sinner. Uh, have you ever thought sometimes that you sinned against God but you hadn't sinned too bad? See, man gets the place he labels his sins. Anything you do is a transgression against God, or anything that you break on the laws of God is a transgression. And if you have the transgression in your heart, that means you're a sinner. All have sinned and come show the glory of God. But sometimes we think we don't, well, our sin's not too bad. What we do is not too bad. That's why it's hard to get people to repent. We need to see that anything we do is a transgression against God. Not a transgression against the government, not a transgression against the world, not a transgression against somebody else, but it's a transgression of God. In other words, you've stepped over God's word. And so we look at that. So Paul's talking about, I am chief. I want to use several of these this morning, and I'm going to move to another one. We'll get two or three of them. Now go to chapter 2 of 1 Timothy. Chapter 2 of 1 Timothy, and I want to look at verse number 7. And Paul gives us another one here. In chapter 2 of 1 Timothy, he says in verse 7, Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. Then he said, A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Now there's three things out of this verse that Paul's admitting that he is and that God has put him there. Number one, he says, I am ordained a preacher. I don't believe anybody would argue that Paul was one of the greatest preachers ever walked on the face of the earth, earth besides the Lord Jesus. Wouldn't you say that? Amen. Amen. Never been a preacher walked around. Well, you say, well, I'll give you a scripture, preacher. Maybe you're not thinking about the Bible said there's none greater than John the Baptist. He did say that about John, didn't he? Amen. And uh, so we look at it, but Paul come after John, and I'm not saying that 
he was a greater preacher. That's a problem we have today in this day is people try to think that one preacher is better than another, and they're not. Amen. God calls all men of God. Amen. And they're just as much called as another. And then not only called, but God ordains them. Ordain means give them a special place and puts them there and puts his hand on them. If you're ordained of God, you're God's property. These preachers, they run up and down the country and they, they're more following the ordination of a man and not the ordination of God. Now I'll explain that. Amen. Every preacher that's pastor in a church in this modern day has come to the conclusion that we must be ordained by ordained of God. Well, you can be ordained of, I mean, ordained by men. Men must lay their hands on them as a presbytery. That was a custom. Men did lay hands on them. But they're more interested in the ordination where man has laid hands on them than they are when God laid hands on them. Amen. A preacher can have the hands of man put upon him and ordained him and he can get a license certificate and an ordination certificate and go out and do all he wants to do and pastor churches and be ordained by the state of, of whatever state he lives in. He can uh, do funerals. He can do uh, weddings. He can do all the sort of things that preachers do and be qualified for it because man's put his hand... But he may have never had the hand of God put on him for ordination. He may have just decided he's going to get in the ministry. Understand what I'm saying? But Paul said, I've been, not only had a calling as a preacher, I've had an ordination. He said, I'm ordained. I am ordained a preacher. Secondly, and he says, an apostle. Amen. Now you think about that. Somebody said, Paul wasn't an apostle. I hear people tell me that all the time. It isn't amazing how people, uh, if they're going to argue with a preacher, they ought to study their Bible before they get there. Amen. Because you got a scripture here. I can give you other scriptures that Paul was called to be an apostle. So an apostle, what was an apostle? Somebody said, well, now you know what it means to be an apostle. I had people tell me that. Uh, I look at them. I listen to them. I hear a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you deal with people, and you're going to hear stuff. And most of the times, uh, they make themselves look stupid. I'll just be honest with you. I don't tell them that. But I just kind of go on, you know. And uh, they'll say, well, you know what it means to be an apostle? I sure do. What do you tell do you tell me what it means to be an apostle? Well, an apostle had to be called to the Lord and he had to be a disciple, and then he became an apostle. And Jesus never called Paul to be a disciple. I said, Is that right? Now where'd you get all that? Give me the Bible that says that an apostle had to be a disciple and be one of the twelve, and then they become an apostle. Show me that in the Bible. You can't show me that. You can't. What it says, though, is that an apostle had to see the risen Christ. He had to see the Lord risen. And Paul saw him. I believe, amen, on, in the backside of, I believe in Galatians chapter 1, he, you know, he conferred not with flesh and blood. Amen. You see the scripture in the first chapter of Galatians. 
And there he dealt with the Lord. He didn't, he didn't go ask somebody about it. He went to the Lord and him and the Lord had, and God put him in it. And God will tell you that. Matter of fact, Paul's telling you here that God did it for him. You, I can give you a scripture where the Lord did. And so we're seeing this morning that he said, Wherefore, I am ordained a preacher. No, I'm ordained a preacher, but I'm ordained as an apostle. Then later, he says down in the last part of that verse, he's ordained as a teacher of the Gentiles. God called him specifically. Do you think if God hadn't appointed him to be an apostle, amen, he wouldn't have let him write 14 books of the New Testament? And do you know what? Then if Paul is not called to be an apostle or ordained to be an apostle, then every time he starts off one of his books, Let's see what he started off with in Timothy here. It said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ here. You see that? Then every book he started that with, he's a lying. If he's a lying preacher, how good's his books? And guess what? He, uh, he was inspired of the Holy Spirit of God, and God had him to pin it down on the Spirit of God, did he not? So that the Lord's even condoning the lie of Paul if he's telling the lie. I don't believe that junk myself. You can, you can go climb a tree and study something else. I just believe today God ordained him. Be an apostle, a preacher, a man, and a teacher. I believe that with all my heart. And if it wasn't for the ordination. You see, I see preachers get in and get out. And the reason they get in and get out is because they, they, they chose to get in it and they choose to get out of it. God chose me to get in and he won't let me get out. Till he gets ready to take me out. I can get tired and sick and frail. Amen. Just look at Brother Billy Burrow, for instance. Look at all the years he's had. Why, well, he couldn't quit if he wanted to. You see what I'm saying? I know others, but I know some that quit at a young age. Had a fella come here, went out the door, and I'd been preaching him for a long time, and he'd been around, and, and I said to him, I said, how about preaching for me tonight? And he said, uh, uh, I, I'm retired. I'm not doing that anymore. And I thought, how can you get up? As a preacher, how can I turn a switch off and not preach no more? Have you all ever met preachers that's done that? How many's met them? Oh, well, you have. Just one in here? Y'all don't know no retired preachers? Okay. Y'all been in a sheltered world. They're out there. A lot of them's quit. Amen. They just preach every once in a while. And sometimes, you know, amen. Too, uh, they say, well, too feeble. I get feeble. Amen. You can tell every once in a while I'm feeble. Y'all have to help me out every once in a while. I appreciate that. That don't mean I'll quit. I can't anyhow. Y'all don't leave me to preach here. I'll preach somewhere. Right? God, I go to the house and sit in the corner over there and preach like I did this week twice. I'm telling you, it's in me. God puts the preacher in you. And if God puts a preacher in you, you got to preach it out. Hallelujah. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. I'm, I come from the old school. I know back in the years, I know preachers that died, that they died, and some of them preached Sunday and then died full Wednesday. Amen. Uh, they weren't as active and fireball-y. They didn't run the aisles and shout, 
But usually they told you something deeper than you did when there's a shouting. Amen. Back out of the, you know, the older you get in the Word of God, the stronger you get into the Word, and the Word gets into you. And Amen. A preacher's been preaching a long time. He begins to start living what he's been preaching. I didn't know how to live the Word of God back yonder years ago. I tried to. I didn't know much about it. Didn't know what it all meant, but I tried. Amen. Then found out that I was, I was missing some areas, and God trimmed up a little bit here, and God trimmed up. You know, God knocked off the thorns off of you. He's trying to do that to some of y'all. The older you get, don't God speak to you more than you used to? Amen. You said, he don't speak to me. Well, that's because you got your ears open. He's speaking, you just ain't listening. That's all. Amen. He's trying to get us there. Now, I use 1 Timothy 2, 7. And Paul said, I'm ordained a preacher, an apostle, and down there as a teacher. And I can stay on these subjects, but I'm trying my best to cover this subject and find us something else to get our studies on. Now let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to use Paul's writings this morning in doing these in 2 Timothy. We'll get out of that 1 Timothy, get in chapter uh, or in uh, chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. And we'll go to the second, uh, we'll go to the 11th verse. And he says here, wherefore I am appointed. We just have read that he has uh, he was ordained. But now he says, wherefore I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. So he's given us a confirmation in 2 Timothy of what he said in 1 Timothy, right? He said, I've not only been ordained, but I've been appointed. Amen. I've got an appointment. Sometimes, uh, have you ever thought about why he said appointed? Maybe you haven't. Whose place did he feel? If you got somebody appointed, somebody uh, gets out of an office, dies out of an office, or whatever, resigns out of an office, usually in our modern day, we try to appoint somebody until somebody can be elected, right? That's how we do it in our laws. Well, who was who did Paul take the place of? Anybody want to guess? Okay. I figured somebody would say Matthias, but uh, I was going to tell you, no, you're wrong. Amen. You remember Judas Iscariot committed suicide. And, uh, he, and he was a devil. He's never chosen of God to start with. Quite contrary to what some of our Pentecostal people believe, they believe that Judas lost his salvation. But the Bible said, according to the Lord, that he was a devil. So a devil's never been saved, has he? Amen. So Judas is never saved, but he was put in. Why was he put in there? So that he could betray. It would have been strange for John or Peter or some of those men to betrayed the Lord. The Lord's trying to teach us that Christians not to betray Christ. So he lets the devil betray him. And he chooses him through uh, Judas. And Judas went to his own place. 
And so we, get, we won't get into Judas. There's a big study about Judas's. I love to study it, but we'll find that that was an empty place. You get the first chapter of Acts, and disciples were walking, and as they did, they went down, they just wanted to talk about, what are we going to do? Are we going to fill that position? They decided they would. And they went through man's rules and regulations, decided they'd nominate somebody, and you know, then they drawed straws or amen, whatever it was, and, and uh, cast lots, the Bible said, and they picked one. And uh, they didn't ask God. I don't, don't read it in there at all where they even asked God who would be the man for the job. They got ahead of God just like you do and I do. How many times you ever got ahead of God? Amen. Uh, just because you want something, you buy it, and then you can't pay for it, and you wish you hadn't done it, and, and that's because you didn't ask God. And uh, everybody in here has done those sort of things too. Guarantee you. And uh, I remember an old automobile, a brand new automobile one time, I said, I'm going to pay for cash for it. I'm going to go get it. And I picked out what I wanted. I liked it. It was mean. It sounded loud. I'd never had nothing like that. It passed everything but gas stations in the garage. I mean, I'm having to take it back. It was a lemon. That's before the lemon laws. It was a lemon. And finally, uh, I'd, I'd pray, Lord, help this thing to run, help this thing to run. And the Holy Spirit would say, uh, I didn't help you get it. And the Lord let me have it for a long time. You take a trip on it and cut it off and it wouldn't crank till it got cool. Real cool. New car. Wouldn't, wouldn't run. And uh, so I went down to the place one day and I said, I pulled it in there and I said, I want to trade this thing. And they said, well, you got a nice auto. I said, I know, but I want that right now. He said, that's not as fancy a car that you're fixing to get there if you trade this and on it. I said, yeah, but I think it'll probably take me to town back on it. He said, yeah, I believe it would. I had to trade down. Now I never had more trouble out of automobiles. Because I asked God to show me, to send me to the one he wanted me to get. Now you said, well, God ain't got no business telling me what car to drive. Amen. He got every business in the world. Amen. You better pray about it. You'll have a headache off of it. You don't. Anyhow, uh, I didn't see these fellas pray over anybody. And they decided they'd just do Matthias. And, and uh, I said, can somebody tell me what the other man's name was? Just as trying to see. It slips my mind, but I'll see if we can't find it right quick. And that's, that's what I like to do every once in a while when I'm studying the Word. Hey, uh, how come I can't remember them things? All right. Matthias and Barsabas. And they appointed two, chapter 1, 23. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. Amen. They chose Matthias. And that they could take part of the ministry and apostleship. But that's not who God wanted. God appointed Paul to do that. And Paul's telling us here in the Word of God.
So he appointed Paul to take that place. And uh, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. We're at verse 11. So let's look at verse 12. And he said, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, and now we hear this, and this we haven't heard this once before, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He's persuaded, and he's not ashamed. Amen. And we've, we're, we're seeing that. That's some of Paul's great words. And so he's telling us here, he's not, uh, he's not just guessing and hoping, but he's persuaded, and he's not ashamed. Because he said, For I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. That he has believed in eternal security. He believed in eternal life. People don't, but I do. And if you love God and believe the Bible, you do too, don't you? Amen. So we're giving you them, and I'm not saying a whole lot about them. You can go home and study them. But go to chapter 4 of 2 Timothy and verse number 6. This is one I want to finish up on, and we'll get out of this study and find us something else to do. And I skipped a few IMs of Paul. He said in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul's in jail, knowing his head's fixed to roll off the chop block. He's fixing to leave the scene. And Paul said, I am ready to be offered. I am ready. I don't know anything any better than knowing that you're ready to meet God. Paul had finished the ministry, done a great work for God. I don't believe anybody has ever in our day uh, done what Paul did. Uh, he was one of the greatest of all the preachers of his day. Christ had then walked off the scene and uh, he'd been uh, ordained and and set up, and so the Lord done blessed him. And Paul said, I am, didn't say after a while ready. He said, I am now ready, right now. I don't have to get ready. I'm already ready. I am now ready to be offered. And the time I depart his hand. And he counted himself as a sacrifice, as an offering. He's going to die a martyr. And he did. He gave himself for the cause of Christ because Christ had given himself for him. He counted himself, amen, worthy to be sacrificed for the Lord Jesus. And I give God the praise for it. So you see these I am's. He wasn't bragging about these things. Every one of these I am's that I've talked about in the last few weeks, he was in humility when he said them. Amen. He was not counting himself better than anybody else. But he's putting himself down in a sense that he knew there wasn't nothing worthy about him. None of us are worthy to be saved. None of us are worthy of the touch of God. But thank God we get it. And I'm glad he's done it. And I'm glad that we can have that today if we just let him have his way in our life and heart. Give God the praise and the glory. Don't you? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for the privilege of prayer. Being able to call upon your precious and holy name.
Lord, we commit this to you. We thank you, Lord, that the Apostle Paul was sure he had some things in his heart that he knew about. He was not questionable. They were straight and forward. And Lord, he knew his time for him almost to go, and he's ready for it. We give you the praise and glory. Touch the remainder of the service today. Touch our worship service, and may you get the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen.